it was a pretty obvious dead. It's like whoever whoever grabs that crabberry sauce out of the Safeway cereal aisle, they know what they're getting. They know yeah. the dice that they're rolling. It is funny how like hopefully it's funny because we're badgering about it, but uh, <laughs> like how some foods at the grocery store it's just like know that like this is suspect. You got to check it. Like. Uh, the package stuff, yeah, it's, it's probably fine. You'd, you'd be shocked if it's bad, but fruit, no, they can have rotten shit out there. Like, eggs, every time you get eggs, you gotta open up that carton and be like, how many of these shits are broken? Am I gonna swap yep. them out with a different carton? You gotta do, you gotta do the fucking OCD. You gotta, like, open up that egg carton, just like, you turn around, you spin them, like, where's the, where's the micro cracks? Where's the dents? And then, you know, just mix and match until you have a perfect, perfect carton. Just wash your hands three times. Say so like, no, the eggs, the eggs. Yes, avoid eye contact from the other people in the store who do not do the thing that you are doing. That feels absolutely natural to you, but absolutely alien to them. Oh, I mean, I go to the store dressed the way I am, and uh, let me tell you, it's not. It, I'm not the one who's having to avoid eye contact. Like that, mm. other people are accomplishing that for me. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Who's apologizing? Uh, I can apologize, because as say, I mean, I, I predicted last time that the episode would be late, and, you know, it was correct, so I can, I can make some hay with that. Uh, does anyone have uh, anything to apologize? Like, I mean, that that's always a great standby apology, but have either of us... <laughs> always a standby, I'm sorry it's late, because, you know, it's late so often. I say that it's... I say that with the episode for this week also being late. Like, I forgot to do it, and like... Uh, it's all good. It's all good. You're doing a great job. I mean, if I'm consistently late every week, am I really late any week? That's true. That's true. It's like how, you know, I have a report I'm supposed to send out at work bi-weekly, but it seems to be like, you know, bi-weekly plus a few days. And so you just kind of stretch that out. And so now it's a monthly report that I send out. We're, we're like double batching here. We should be getting into the episode this could be like a, a stinger banter. Um, but that that takes about... a lot of editing, Sam. <laughs> uh, fuck. Maybe I'll just have, like, played the music and we're already in the episode. Hey, welcome to Brokasasi, two of our brothers' exploration of tokusatsu shows and related media. I'm Harry. And I'm Sam. Yeah, I, I just put us already in there. Uh, I will have an end point here because we do need to sync our time, but, like, fuck it, we're, we're episoding now. Sam, go to time.is, mid-ep. What? No. No, fuck you. No, I'm the editor. This is... <laughs> I'm doing it. Ugh, fine. Time dot is. Okay. Five and ten? Yep. And then, uh, I guess I'll count down, even though I've already done the intro. So, <laughs> uh, we're gonna clap again. Three, two, one. That's our, that's our little, uh, our little tutorial for how to sync a podcast with multiple people. You get a time that is, and then you have, we do two different versions of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have redundancy. We put a lot of effort into this podcast for basically three people. Yeah, like, 
lots of technique and uh, effort put into this show that is recapping episodes in slightly more time than it would take just to watch them. Yeah. Speaking yep, yep, of episodes. Yep. Yay! We had to this week. Uh, Go Busters 9 and Go Busters 10. I, I really did stop reading the episode titles, but like Kamen Rider Double was really the only one that had interesting and clever ones, so just kind of mm-hmm. just kind of going with them. The episode or the the title for episode nine was something like uh, whatever the rabbit's name is, rescue mission. So I knew it it kind of it kind of tipped its hand a little bit early. What was going to be happening on this one? But for him to get rescued, he has to be captured first, and that is what we see at the start of the episode. Well, not so, not quite at the start of the episode. It, it's so, a cold open. Well, it it happens at the end of the cold open. We have to get to that uh, point in the episode. Um, it starts with you know a, a PSA for the uh, energy company talking up uh, Energon about how they're they're protecting the city. They're you know they're powering Tokyo or wherever the crap this is. Yeah, uh, and uh, they the Energon that the GoBusters managed to recover from Vagros, they always turn back in. Uh, and as uh, the Yellow's helicopter is going there to do it, and there's a couple of kind of scruffy-looking character actor dudes watching and high-fiving. Yeah, yeah. So they see uh, the bunny robot, and they get a plan in their heads. Now, uh, bunny robot is just kind of wandering around. Uh, We had a little bit of a stinger back in the base where it's clear that Yellow and her buddy droid, the bunny, they are beefing. They are having a fight. Uh, Usada Nick, he just shows up. Uh, no, not not Usada Nick. Uh, it's just Usada. Uh, he says, hey, it's just me this time. It's not a problem. But he then pops open a compartment that has paperwork. So, I mean, that they're just turning over stuff and it's not important. I, I was I was unclear about, like, exactly where this was happening. Because uh, after this, like, the buddy seems to be walking down, like, a hotel lobby and then gets put onto a cart uh, by these kidnappers and then shoved in the back of a van. Like, was was he delivering, like, a military presentation? Was he meeting with, like, out-of-town warlords to talk up, like, the benefits of Energon and how many bombs it can make? I mean, the real answer is that they got some mall or some business center to let them film in it for cheap. Uh, there's a good chance that this is just the downstairs of the film production company that is running this. Like, they, they oh. just... Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, the... Uh, the place where, you know, the place where he gets kidnapped. Pretty sure I've seen that exact spot in, like, any number of Toku shows that, like, that is, that is where people get out of cars underneath important buildings. That is that scene. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just some uh, official looking area and the, the scruffy dudes are dressed as bellhops and they offer Usada one of those, uh, like, kind of hotel wheelie things to carry luggage on. Like, hey, we, we got a deluxe transport for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the buddy falls for it and shoved it to the back of a van. Uh, And right before we hit the credits, we get the sting that the bunny has been kidnapped and he is being ransomed. Now, Harry, I got to I got to ask security for this bunny. Like, why does he not have like 10 security guards around him at all times? I mean, usually he's with a super soldier and it's just. Because the super soldier is also a child soldier. She is not super up on stuff this this day and did go with him. Like, that. this is kind of her fuck up, I guess. 
is it her fuck up? Because as we, you know, we put it out before, we'll play it out again. She's 16. There's a commander. <laughs> like, there's there's a general who is supposed to be like, you know, generaling. Who's supposed to be overseeing this shit, right? Well, like, and the, the general doesn't go to fill out paperwork. Like, may, maybe uh, one of the two little people who work with him in the office, one of them should be going and doing it. But not that, like the general. But the general does assign personnel and the general would be like, the general would set a rule, you know, no buddy roids can leave this base without an armed escort, which when you kind of think about it should be the case because if any, so we got like six linchpins, right? We got the three super soldiers. We got the three buddy roids. If any of them are neutralized, the world ends. I guess, and really this is only a problem with Nick specifically because uh, Gorisaki is a gorilla, and so he's he's robots times gorilla, so as kind as he is, he probably could tear people in half like a piece of paper. And mm. and Nick is part motorcycle, so he could just run away really fast, but Usada is like a cute little R2-D2 with like uh, antenna ears. And no survival instinct. R2-D2 would destroy this droid, just looking at it. R2-D2, like, if people tried to kidnap him, the, then we get the call on the phone, like, hey, there's been a couple of charred bodies and your robot was seen, like, whistling as it rolled away from them. R2-D2 has a body count. R2-D2 has a body count in the millions. <laughs> like, R2-D2 is responsible for, like, you know, blowing up uh, a Death Star. He's responsible for blowing up, like, Star Destroyers. Yeah, he he gets half credit on the million people it takes to man the first Death Star. Mm-hmm. Uh... Although he was like kind of knocked out by the end of it, but whatever, he got him there. He was he was still on the ship. He was still on the ship. Yeah. Oh, oh, but he also brought the plans. So like he was a secret agent. So this is good. This is Sam, we're at danger of this turning into a Star Wars podcast. And like, <laughs> I, it's not that I'd be opposed to that, but like we both know with the two of us, once we go that route, we can't stop. Like that's true. That's true. Okay, let's. Let's pull it back. Let's pull it back. Too many people are interested in Star Wars. We have to talk about much less interesting Japanese TV shows that have been over for like a decade. Yeah. Uh. So the uh, the ransom comes in, and these two idiots, like they're they're on the phone. They can't even agree how much Energon they're asking for. Also, why the fuck are they asking for Energon? Like, why not? Why not money? This might actually be smart in some ways. So first of all, they they uh, they have agreed. That it's 2,000 trons. It's just Usada's yelling at them over the phone like, hey, I'm worth more than that. It's literally the hostage saying, like, you're undercharging. That's a very Caesar move, by the way. And maybe it's a thing where, like, I mean, it's in the future. Maybe they're past paper money, so it's all digital currency, which means it would be very easy to track. But something like Enertron could be, like, you know, way easily floated on various black and gray markets. I seem to recall uh, literally the last episode, Enter uh, fanning, like, hard currency in the face of, like, the, the dude who lost the plans. This is the first time you fucking remembered something in this goddamn podcast. Why do you have to shoot down my ideas? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, yeah. Alright. And, but the stuff I said, anyway, you can still mark bills, so what I said still makes sense. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, they, they might not... I kind of get the impression that they don't realize what this bunny is. They might just think it's some kind of mascot for the energy company. And so they're just asking for energy. Yeah. Even though that's like, 
even people, though that's weird. People don't seem shocked to see a buddy ride around, so e- even though it's not like a world-building explicitly part of this show, because they don't really have the budget for other robots, uh, maybe it's a society where, hey, there's robots going around some, doing some basic tasks, and they saw an expensive-looking one, and, like, they're, they're ransoming it by their, by its registry number, like, they just read it off the side, so they really don't know what's going on, and lit my spoiler, later on when the Vagros show up, they don't know what it is, so it really does seem that the Gobusters are totally secrets uh, of an organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for them, good for them. Which is weird, uh, because they do giant robot fights in the city. They do giant robot fights in the city, and I'm pretty sure they do publicity events. It's weird. Yeah, these these guys are kind of... These guys are clearly, obviously idiots, and maybe we could just write it off at that, but this is like... You know, I I like the show. I I quite like the show. These two characters very poorly written. Oh, like they're 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 just look. In real life, there are dumb criminals and dumb hostage crises all the time. Like it's not at all crazy for there to be a couple guys who just grab an expensive looking robot and ransom him without really having a plan. Like there was that Swedish uh, museum that got robbed of three paintings and. It was done by really minor criminals, and they, when they got home, they literally had no idea who to sell to or who to ransom it to or whatever. <laughs> and also, I mean, a, a little bit of a spoiler, but these two are going to be written out of the episode very shortly. Like, they were very much a means to an end. Like, they're getting bags in their head and taken to a, the location with uh, with Ryuji's friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, th- they do mention, because, goddammit, it's related to the math I did, that... These 2,000 trons are worth a cool 100 million yen. Hmm. Harry, how much is 100 million yen? Is that like 100,000? It's like a million dollars. So for, okay, for yen to dollars... Okay, off two zeros, okay. Yeah, you knock off two zeros. It, that's the rough estimate. I, I think it's actually a bit different, but I mean with purchasing power. So my initial estimate was that uh, Enertron, like one tron is worth 51 liters of gasoline. So... Okay. I looked at the price of uh, gasoline in Japan, like currently the price. It's about a buck fifty. So, uh, two thousand trons would be like a uh, hundred and two. Well, it'd be like uh, it'd be like one oh one hundred fifty to one hundred sixty thousand dollars, which is that would which is off for my current estimate. But it's like it's not too far off. I actually like that because that just means that. You know, some part of the process, like, this Tokyo takes more energy, or this Tokyo, like, uh, or just because of the market, maybe because it's the future, they're regulating this stuff more clearly, uh, just, like, it's like a factor of eight difference, and I don't think that's a crazy amount to be changed just by, like, a couple things being multiplied one or two times. Yeah. I suppose so. I suppose so. Uh, <clears throat> also, back to the energy department. Uh, turns out that they're fuckheads uh, because the general called up the energy department once they got the ransom stuff and they said that they're not involved and that the special missions department has to solve it by itself and they're not going to hand over any energy to these guys. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, keep fighting the extra-dimensional terrorists, but uh, we're, we're not actually going to Give you any resources to help out. Yeah, it turns out you went over your budget this quarter, so uh, we're cutting you off. Shape it up, shape it up. Maybe this is stuff like this is why the CIA has to sell uh, has to sell cocaine. 
Uh, so we're going to be a subplot in a few episodes where, like, the special missions department of the energy team is, like, straight up selling drugs on the street to fund their giant robot fights. No, the commander knows to keep that on the, on the back end. <laughs> it never breaks. It never breaks. He never has to testify in front of Congress about it. No, he he, he keeps his nose clean. He, he's got people for that. And there's a, a thing we missed where, so, like... The reason that Usada went on his own is because Yoko was... Yoko is not going to school, but she's still doing homework. Uh, mm-hmm. Except like, she's not. Yeah, like, homeschooling. Thing. And Usada is complaining because Ryuji and Hiromu both did her work for her. And he's like, no, this, I don't care how this happened. Yoko is 16. It's important she keeps studying. Like, she is always slacked off. She's always... Not doing her lessons. We can't let her get dumber. <laughs> yeah, the the buddy was saying some pretty hurtful stuff, and then Yellow walked in and, of course, overheard it because of dramatic tension. <laughs> to, to be fair, he does say, "Well, I mean, I wouldn't have said it that bluntly, but yeah, you really gotta do your homework, Yoko." I don't know. I think that like finding creative ways to avoid homework is a sign of intelligence. Yeah, but. It- he he's tried to give her some tools to survive off the battlefield, and I can't blame Usada for that. Mm-hmm. Like Usada's hopeful enough that there's a world where she lives to adulthood and doesn't have to be this forever. <laughs> so let's uh, bounce over to Enter. Uh, he's having another meeting uh, with uh, uh, with Messiah, and he has told him that he has new plans, but he needs to get Energon, and so he's facing the conundrum that in order to collect Energon, he needs to summon Megazords. But in order to summon Megazords, he needs Energon. Darn! It's like, it's a supply chain issue. Yeah, and and his boss Messiah is not helping because as much as he wants more powerful robots, he will not let him use any of his supply. So he just kind of has to sit and just basically listen to a bunch of radio messages for any kind of hints. And here's someone demanding 2,000 Trons. Uh, it's around this time that the special uh, missions department... Uh, traces back these uh, traces back these guys to their base. They're idiots. They're staying on the line too long, and yeah, well, so also uh, Usada just has a tracking device in him. Like they're they're not total fools. Yeah. Uh, so it's time for uh, the Rangers to dramatically throw on some sunglasses and go into their lodge tubes to throw their sunglasses off again. Uh, they they get their weapons out. They kind of break into a sewer area, very tactically run down the stairs. And uh, they come head to head with the uh, with the kidnappers who are way in over their heads. Like first the rangers show up with guns drawn on them, and then the putties show up and draw guns. And yeah, the kidnappers nope the fuck out. Off camera, they get bags thrown over their heads. They're transported to a black site, and they will never be seen by their family again. Yeah, they're they're drafted into the commander's secret money making operations. Mm, yep. You're going to work quarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, exit episode, uh, kidnappers. Usada's just kind of tied up watching the whole thing go on. But Enter pops in and says, oh, no, like, uh, I, I wasn't involved in this, but seeing seeing these dudes go at it kind of gives me some ideas. So he takes the buddy and the rangers seem affronted by this. Enter. So you do petty things like kidnapping, too. And, you know, just just throw it out there. Enter's plan A in the past has been murder. Yeah, Enter did basically suck the life out of a hospital, including the people in it. Yeah, so if if he's kidnapping now, that's like 
that's lowering that letter on the felony count. Uh, he tosses a bomb, which uh, the Gobuzers have to jump jump away from. And after they get back to base, uh, he gives them a ransom call. So he has a, you know, very uh, diehard scenario planned out. Uh, Bunny is chained up on an overhead pass, like dangling over a city street with a bomb strapped to his chest. And they have one hour to deliver a whole truckload of Energon or he will blow up the bunny. I think either he doesn't realize how integral Usada is, or maybe there is some kind of backup that they could use just in case, because it, it in the long run, it would make a lot more sense for him to just, just kill Usada. But anyway, it, kids show, kids show. So now we enter the portion of the episode where we get to see the heroes uh, plan things out with a hastily put together uh, diorama complete with miniatures and little trucks, because... They have an hour to come up with a plan to get back their buddy or Enter's going to blow it up. And I guess kind of the moral of this episode is that, like, Yoko is, like, learning and trying to be better at stuff because they let her come up with a plan. And it's, like, it's not, like, the worst plan, but it is kind of like what you would get if you asked a, like, middle schooler to come up with a hostage thing. Well, it's also, I'll give her credit, it's... It's a more complex plan than you would think uh, than you would think a 16 year old would be able to come up with. It's it has like multiple layers of like feints and uh, backups into it, which is great. And it actually it it goes in with her characterization because uh, the start of the episode was her being sneaky. Uh, She was being sneaky to avoid doing homework. And now she's being sneaky to get her bunny back. Yeah. It, it, it's just a little bit axe cop or like kind of like Calvin Ball is what I'm saying. Like, all right, all right, guys, here's the plan. Okay, so we, we say we're going to do it. We bring up a container of Enetron, but it's not enough. And he'll look at it and be like, it's not enough. And we'll say, no, yeah, we need more trucks. So just wait. Uh, but then like one of us will be replaced by somebody else and it'll be really obvious in a bad disguise. And he'll see that and like he'll be interested, but not want to say it because he'll he don't he won't want to let on that he saw it. And you'll be hiding in the corner, but you'll be super obvious there, too. They'll be like, oh, so he's, they're planning something over there. And, uh, well, well, he's distracted by the obvious feint. The actual feint is that uh, Yoko is being replaced by the other person uh, in the office. The other, well, the other female character on the show. Yeah. Like, it, it's basically just create enough bad distractions that he'll try to figure out what they're actually doing and just run around behind him. And- Deal with a hostage. Yes, have Yoko jump up to the top of the building, because that's what she does, and actually rescue the buddy. And so, Enter, seeing all the distractions, isn't able to instantly figure it out. So he says, "Uh, Okay, let me just throw a little bit of spice into the mix here. And he activates two Megazords. Now, there was no transportation, there's no Metaroid in this episode, but it's something I'm not even sure I mentioned. A couple episodes ago, when there was the underground one that they dealt with by opening a hole in space-time and just kind of crushing it. It was an Alpha Megazord, and it didn't create any little little buddy dudes. And I was like, eh, just whatever. Like, when they were modifying the costume, it made more sense for him to be an Alpha there. Mm-hmm. But, no, Enter, earlier when he was pontificating, was, like, next to some rude machinery. And it actually, it spawns out the two little drones Alphas can make. Because, like, he just had those in his back pocket for a rainy day. Yeah. And it's a good time to use it, like he's in some tense uh, hostage negotiations, 
he thinks he has a prize in front of him, doesn't realize it's fake just yet, and so he he just introduces an X factor that the Rangers couldn't predict uh, to uh, to fuck with them and draw their attention away. Yeah, like basically he's just trying to get them to leave, and then he'll take one quarter of his supposed shipment, which is five thousand trons, which is still a lot. So he he'd probably be fine with that. Uh, so yeah, now that's the. Uh, now that there's actual uh, uh, mechs coming down the street, uh, the jig is up, and the rangers, they run away, including the fakes. Dun, dun, dun. Or do they? So, Editron, he goes to the tank, opens it up, and it's just full of water. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, the, it's a fake. And he turns around and sees Usada being kind of pulled up by the chain. Uh, because Yoko's on the roof, and she is pulling up her buddy bot, and this is pissing him off, like... We actually see, we've never seen Enter get angry before. Yeah, like, he's, he, his plans go very well a lot of the time, even when he loses, it's like calculated losses, or it's like, eh, you know, I made something here. But this one, he kind of came into a slapdash, and he's getting embarrassed, and he doesn't like that. So, he speeds up the uh, timer on the bomb crazily by matching on the Enter key on his old keyboard. Yep. And so the buddy's telling Yoko, no, you're not going to make it. Let me drop. Let me die. And Yoko's like, no, I'm not going to let you die. And then there's an explosion. They they faked me out for a second. I, I would have been surprised uh, if they had blown up the buddy. But, you know, this is a darker show. I thought it was within the realm of possibility for them to destroy this thing. Yeah, no way, Dyson Sentai. So uh, the, it said, it turns out what happened is that the... The rangers just immediately came back, and the, their vehicles are up there, but they're stuck in vehicle mode because that's what the Betty Roys can do on their own. And they're just trying, they can't really beat the alpha, the alpha drones on their own, but they can, like, uh, they can, they can tie down. them up. They can, they can rope it up is what they're doing. Like, you know, they're, they're hitting them with rockets, they're keeping them, like, off balance, and they're just dodging into making them expend energy and just keeping them busy until the rangers can conclude this. Hiromu ran forward, shot the chain down, Ryuji ripped the bomb off, and threw it in the air. And so, they're safe. Yep. So, Enter is extra pissed now. He sends some tendrils at the rangers and uh, says that uh, he has learned a valuable lesson this week, and he uh, will not forget it. Uh, and we don't have to wait too long for, uh, to see what he meant. Uh, yeah, but anyway, the, the rangers, they get back to their mechs, and... Uh, this is a fight where they stay in small form, and therefore it's a good it's a good big fight. Yep, they they kind of uh, start transforming into their animal modes and are just beating on the mega drones that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Red delivers a finishing blow because, of course, uh, and the button on the episode is <laughs> Usada back at base realizes that Yoko has not tricked the commander into doing Yoko's homework for her. Yep. So, Harry, there was no Monster of the Week this week. Yeah, I mean, they they, they didn't need one. I, I I mean, sometimes, like, you know, it, in the big episodes, like, you know, in the, the middle of the series episodes when they're fighting a mid-boss or, like, towards the end of the series, they'll have episodes where there's no Monsters of the Week. I don't recall uh, other episodes this early and just kind of, like, an incidental ep, which I would I would classify this as incidental, um, where there's no monster of the week. Yeah, well, I mean, they they're trying new stuff with this, and you're seeing how it goes. 
And I, I do think this might be about the point when they realized that the ratings were starting to tank, largely because GoBusters is a hard act to follow, but that's something to deal with later. Uh, wait, the, the, the ratings on GoBusters was tanking, or GoBusters yeah. was taking other things? No, GoBusters, I mean, it, it suffered a really huge drop-off after, uh, after GoKaiger. Because GoKaiger, oh. yeah. Gokaiger was immediately before this. It was phenomen- phenomenally, phenomenally successful. And, uh, you know, it it brought together a lot of people, you know, lots of all ages. And it, this is a very different series. It is a very different. Like, it, it's good. It's good. It's good in its own way. And, like, Gokaiger, you know, is probably going to be my favorite Sentai series because it's really fucking good. So that, I mean, that that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I, I guess that this isn't going to overtake Gokaiger, but it, I am not certain. Like, we'll, we'll have to see as we go through it. Uh, but speaking of go through it, let's go into episode 10. Yeah. Uh, so episode 10 begins with the Rangers. They're in the fighting gravel pit, like just immediately. They start the episode there and there's just a ton of heavy equipment around. Mm-hmm. And then there's a ton of light enemies, like the, the mooks. They're just getting swarmed. And the dudes at the base are kind of monologuing, saying, uh, well, I mean, there's lots of enemies, but we haven't caught a Megazord transport reaction, so there's no Metaroid either. Yeah, uh, they're they're a little confused. They're not quite sure what Enter is doing. But, I mean, they had detected large uh, a large summoning signature here, which, you know, was the putties. Uh, and so they sent them there. It turns out, like, well, I-, I thought that what was happening was that Enter was testing them because halfway through this fight, Blue starts to overheat because uh, it's these they're mooks, they're killing them, but it's taking a long time, and so he's his systems are cooking. Yeah, I mean, it would be a strategy in in and of itself to just you know constantly keep them working and drain their resources, but I'm not sure if like. Maybe the thing is that it, the amount of time he has to spend getting Enertron to do that, this wouldn't be like a, a very efficient way to do that. Like, even if they're cheaper to summon, it's still not as good as summoning a, a Metaroid. Stuff like that. Yeah. What it actually turns out is happening is that uh, Enter is all the way across town, stealing 500 kilos of Deltirium 39. Uh, Yeah. Uh, hold on, because we—I mean, it's a fight scene, so we move past. Yeah, past. It, it's a sci-fi metal. Uh, that's all we need to know about yeah, it. Um, it. It's a sci-fi metal that has the word Delta in it, and I mean, the Megazords are based off of Greek characters, and it, it's not a. It, hopefully, it's not a. Huge it's not a stretch. Say. Yeah, yeah. The next—I mean, they don't go through all the letters. Certainly, they—they uh, they just do a few more. But the next one, the fourth one, it's going to be Delta. Yeah, uh, this is a metal used to make. Uh, Megazord cores, and they realize, oh, fuck, he has the plans. He's stealing this metal so he can upgrade his equipment. Yeah, but as they're as they're realizing this and kind of doing some plans and figuring out what to do, Nick, uh, who was super antsy to get the fight over and done with, uh, goes up to Romu and says, hey, no, you have somewhere to be today. Your sister, she's showing an art exhibit, and it's important that we go there and see it. Yes, uh, she doesn't approve... Uh, Red, he turns to the rangers and says that his sister doesn't approve of my fighting. She's trying to get me to come home. <laughs> and, like, yeah, it's 
it's time for him and the bike and the sister to have some heart to hearts and explain like, I can't do that. Yeah. And, and her says, Nick, you, you want to go? So just go by yourself. And Nick says, no, she hates me because I am the symbol of the, the government special, special ops forces. I'm saying words weirdly today, special ops forces that, you know, she tried most of her life to shield you from. She barely let me go become a part of your lives. Yes, he is a weaponized AI fighting robot that has been hanging around with her brother for his entire life, talking him into killing. Like, I, I'm i not saying that I'm sympathetic with the sister. Like, I'm not on the sister's side, but she makes some good points. No, it, it, everything in the situation makes sense. And Nick says, like, I, I know, I, I, I'm trying, though, right? Like, you, you can become attached to stains on your walls if you live with them long enough, right? <laughs> it's a great line. So uh, something that we did kind of skip by, uh, it does confirm that only large Megazords can transport things back into hyperspace, it turns out. So uh, the 500 kilos of metal has to be local. It needs to stay like in the city on Earth until Enter is able to summon a large mech to, uh, to yank it back, to teleport it back into hyperspace where it can be used. Yeah. And don't ask why he doesn't go to like a different town uh to teleport Megazords into there. Like, it's just... The logic of the show, this all happens in, like, one area. Well, no, 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 Harry. Like, the the city, like, the, the building where this all happened was inside the city. So let's just say that they, they're in a pocket dimension, and they literally can only go X number of kilometers away from where that building was. That's an easy enough one. That's a solve. Maybe, maybe. Anyway... Uh, I think with Nick that I've mentioned a couple times is that he's really bad with the directions. So even as he was going to the art exhibit, Hiromu was saying, yeah, he's going to get lost. And hey, uh, Nick, he is lost. He says, maybe I should get a GPS. It right, That that actually threw me a little because it made me realize how fast some uh, technology is moving. Because, I mean, this was this show is a decade old, but nowadays, like everybody has a smartphone and smartphones all have GPSs. Yes, GPS is ubiquitous uh, until the, you know, until the Kessler Syndrome wipes out uh, all our technology up in space. Yeah, the Brokusatsu 2026, like, we'll be talking over, over the burning remains of a barrel about uh, to- Tokusatsu being like, yeah, so the, I remember when we had GPSs and, like, uh, the sun was not angry at us. Yeah, so uh, the sister, uh, she's in a taxi, she sees the bike, and so she pulls over, and they're going to have a walk and a talk. Yeah, like, and, you know, like, the sister is pretty civil, at least. They've lived together for quite some time. A very long time, in fact. Like, they, they flash back to, you know, the night that the parents died, and, you know, where uh, the sister is holding her brother, who just was warped in from another dimension with superpowers, and there's this evil, like, red robot looming over them. Uh, we also understand Rika's point of view when Nick tried to be very diplomatic says, alright, Hiromu, he's not actually coming to the exhibition. He He's doing some very important work right now. And he won't even give her the location of their base because it's a secret base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has OPSEC. Uh, and, and Rika, you know, lashes out at, at him saying, you've always been like this trying to drive a wedge in between us, dragging him off to fight for the special ops branch. Like, why are you trying to split our family apart? Nick's like, no, no, I, like, really, I'm not trying that. Uh, so at this point, cut back to Enter. So 
as the as the family drama has been going down, Enter has been working, and he has been collecting hostages. Yeah. So when he said he'd learned a lesson, what he meant was he now wants to do a very effective hostage situation. Yep. And part, part one of the plan, not even bothering with ransom. He just has a whole bunch of human shields. Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved this. I absolutely love this. So we're on a roof, you know, we're on a Toku roof and there's like a couple dozen uh, people there and they all got those masks on them. I guess that's just going to be the, oh no, I've been taken over uh, by the enemy mask going forward in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has a big crate. It says, okay, so should the Go-Busters rear, rear their foolish heads or manage to defeat the both the Metroid and Megazord, your objective is to ensure that this Deltanium is transported. And the the kid drops a model gun and he looks over and clearly goes, ooh, that'll make for a good robot. Yeah, was it? I kind of got the impression that this was supposed to be a real gun. Like, this was just a random 12-year-old who had a Mauser pistol uh, in his backpack. I mean, it's far too small to be a real Mauser. Like, I'm looking at a still image of it. It, It's it's made of plastic. Like, it might be a cap gun, but it's it's not like a real pistol. Hmm. Uh, Okay. Uh, This is Japan, not America. Children do not get guns there. I mean, that's why this was so weird. Like, it when it fell out of his backpack, it clinked like it was metal. I mean, also, this is Japan and not America. Children can have toy guns there that look somewhat realistic without the police blasting them out of oblivion. Uh, it turns out that Enter has the thing that he's going to make the Monster of the Week out of. At the base, they get the uh, Megazord transport uh, signal. Like, oh, there must be a Metaroid. Uh, we got six minutes, 20 seconds, and it's a gamma. They're really strong ones. As they're leaving, uh, we do see the general kind of turn to the rangers and say that no casualties is the goal of this mission. And I wonder, like, we don't see him say this very often. Does he have to say this to Yellow just because he knows that in this situation, like, when they're trying to keep this metal away from him, she might just level the building if he wasn't explicit about the no casualties rule. <laughs> probably, yeah. She'd probably just call it an artillery strike and be like, mission accomplished. And he just kind of rubs his eyes, oh no. It, it hurts our, their totally ruthless uh, storyline going, but I don't know, maybe they have a casualty allowance they gotta deal with. Or maybe <laughs> he's just, it, it didn't seem super hard for him to get the Deltanium, so maybe he's just thinking, eh, he'll get it eventually, but we can't lose a bunch of people at the same time. So as the Rangers are running in, um, Red sees his sister on the bike uh, uh, chatting, and so he stops and uh, has a quick word with the sister. She's saying that uh, he was mind-washed into fighting, but he's saying, no, this is my choice. This is what I can do, and I'm choosing to do this. Like, Hiromu, for his part, just berates Nick for bringing a civilian into a hostage situation. And when a couple of screaming people run past, he turns and, like, starts blasting away at some Vagras mooks who come out of the building. And so all the... uh, all the Rangers are kind of split up at this point. So we've got uh, Yellow, who's up in air support, uh, going over the top of the building. She doesn't have a clear shot at any of the putties because they're using the hostages as human shields. Yeah. The hostages are even in a hilarious thing. Like, they're standing next to the crate or even lying on top of it. Like, they're, they're just literally in the way. No, I, I loved this. I love this. It's like, the, you know... It's kind of the most efficient way to do it. It's just like, get in that position, make yourselves as awkward as possible. 
uh, Hiromu, he dashes up the building to try to deal with it on foot, but he encounters the Metroid for this episode, and Enter got a good one. Yeah, yeah, this uh, this gun, this cap gun, whatever the crap it is. The monster of the week, he's he's very spiky, oddly spiky. Like, for a moment, I didn't click that he was the gun, and I thought he might have been someone's, like, emo, like, spiked leather belt. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he is a gun, monster of the week. And so he has a projectile weapon that he's using to hold off red. He's also very, very quick. These guys are dashing around, like, up the walls, on the ceiling. Uh, red is unable to get by this guy. Yeah, like, like they're, they're having a speedster speed. fight. He's basically yeah. shooting himself at Red, and it, they're evenly matched. It's a good-looking fight. Outside, the enemy Megazord finishes transporting, and Blue kind of has to hold him off on his own for now. And it's get, it gets pointed out, normal people cannot survive transport if the Megazord gets through and sends the crate with the people leg on top of it, they will die. Yellow eventually uh, jumps down to uh, try and clear out the putties from around uh, the uh, from around the box and get the hostages clear. And while that's happening, uh, Red is inside dueling, uh, continuing to duel with the pistol, uh, a mech, and he's fading. Like he is starting to get slower and slower, but the robot is a robot, and so he's staying the same speed. Yeah, it, like the robot, he, he's not faster. He's just lasting longer. Mm-hmm. So back on the ground, there are robots fighting above the cityscape, and Rika is horrified. And Nick says, no, you gotta watch this to understand the type of fight that they're involved in. Yeah. Like, 13 years ago, they saw this as children, and then it was it was bad, they were gonna die, but their father gave all of us hope to Hiromu, Ryuji, and Yoko, and he made those kids as the best defense this world has. They they knew they'd be trapped. Uh, Hiromu could feel how important that burden was, even when he was seven. The sister wasn't at this meeting because she was terrified of these robots, even when they were, you know, ostensibly under human control. And so she just never went to the building. Uh, Rika, she sees the robots fighting. She sees, like, the parents uh, off to the side, like the two people who ran out, who are also the parents of the kid up on top. And it kind of starts to click in her head. So inside of the hallway fight, uh, Red and the pistol bot, they... uh, Red knows he needs to end this now. And so what he does is he kind of... They line up for a charge, and then Red just, like, chucks his pistol at him, ostensibly as a distraction. Or to even, like, lose the weight, just so he's moving that little bit faster. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they kind of bounce off each other a couple times, like they charge and bounce, charge and bounce. But then on a rebound, uh, Red grabs the gun out of the air and with a quick flip, charges it up to a finisher shot. And before the uh, before the droid can recover, shoots him in the chest. Yeah, like he dropped his gun and they have a whole fight at the time it takes for it to drop. And he like transforms and slams it into their big combined weapon as a sneak attack. It's really cool. It's a good looking. I, I I do love the choreography of the foot fights in this series. So he gets past him. Uh, Hiromu manages to get up. Like, but Yoko has like knocked out most of the people on the ground, and Hiromu manages to dash in and get the kid off just in time. Yeah, because uh, the the Gamma Mech has made its way past the big blue gorilla and uh, transports the metal 
into hyperspace. And at this point, Enter shows up, he gloats ever so slightly, and then he gets the fuck out of there. Like, there, there is still a giant mech fight to happen. Enter could give two shits about it, because he's won. You've won the game, but the match is mine. You know, he, he won that Deltanium, and he's got it, so fuck it, yeah, kill my robot. And uh, the Rangers do. Uh, now that they're clear, they get into their mechs, they transform into the Big Mech, and the fight immediately ends because Big Mech fight sucks. Yeah. I mean, it can't move much, so they charge up the big weapon and hit it and destroy it. Yeah. And uh, as they get back to the ground level, they see that Rika has gone home, but she left a drawing she made of their family. It has like the parents, the kids, and even a tiger thing. Which they realize is Nick. And Nick is super happy. I, I feel like Nick is kind of has a crush on Rika, which is an interesting way to for the series to go. Uh, yeah. I mean there's definitely some emotional attachment there. And I you know, she drew him in kind of a kitty fashion, uh, but he quite loves the picture. Yeah. He's he's real happy. Uh and that's the episode. I would say uh episode ten, a lot stronger than episode nine. Well, I mean, episode 9 is literally, like, it's the practice run for episode 10. Like, Enter saw, and this was kind of a shitty episode, I could make this better. Yep, yep, yep. Draft 2, much better, much improved. Uh, good couple episodes. Uh, and hey, like, a lot of action outside of the big robot. They just kind of bring the, they use GoBuster O for the finisher, which is most of what it can do. Anything more to talk about for these? Like, we're, you know, we're 10 episodes in. 10 out of 50, so this is the one-fifth mark of the series, Harry. Um, I don't know. I was kind of... I think after 12 is the point where it would make sense for us to, again, like, do, like, a, a monthly... A monthly break or whatever and cover something else for uh, an episode or so. Okay. So I, yeah, I want to bring together our thoughts there. All right, uh, then we will leave that for next episode if we remember to do it. Uh, but until... I will, don't worry. <laughs> but until then, until we get to the next episode, Harry, what are we going to do? We're going to keep dancing. Just keep on dancing. Keep on dancing, everyone.